happy Apple Display Day for you who celebrate. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, we did it. I am so happy. See, we just needed to have a little bit of faith. This went from the most boring Apple event to the most exciting one real fast. <laughs> oh my God. The first half is so boring. I don't even want to acknowledge it. <laughs> yeah. I honestly have nothing to say about it. So we can start with this point. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like the one thing I would say is I do think it's weird that they announced new colors of the iPhone mid cycle. It's not the first time they do it, right? So they announced the purple one. Yeah, I, I'd be really curious to see the impact of these like mid-cycle color releases in sales, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, it's got to do something, but, you know, can't be that substantial. Yeah, and I wonder how they pick that color. <laughs> like, which one gets left out? Is it the low-confidence color? Oh, I can tell you how they picked this. I can tell you. On the 11s, 11 Pro, they did the green. Mm-hmm. And then for the 12, they did the blue. Or, wait, no. I think it was green, then dark blue, then light blue. Right. And people were like, but I really like the green. So they're like, well, then here you go. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Cook's like, fine. (laughs) Fine. Have this green iPhone. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's, uh, you know, even for the people who would see it now and be like, hey, I would totally have gotten this, but I already bought the new phone. So I'm not going to buy a new phone. And then next year, most likely that color is not even going to be around anymore. Well, not with that attitude. You know, we have to believe. <laughs> Faith. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I find it a, a weird strategy. I guess it is to keep up the excitement for people over these phones. And also, I mean, there's always people who buy new iPhones until the day they announce <laughs> the next model. Uh, so I guess this is for these people. but And they'll get maybe like more press coverage you know it's gonna be one more article somewhere yeah yeah i don't know i remember i think it was either gruber or mkbhd saying that they got a review unit for the new color for the purple <laughs> iphone it's like what should i do with this <laughs> how can i review this color yeah, so, I don't know, it's kind of weird look at us we still managed to talk about it Jeez. well fine ipad it's the same as the pro except no promotion and no face id Right? Yeah. Like the iPad Air is a really the best value, the best deal for iPad. It always has been. It was like mm-hmm. awkwardly close to the pros when they got the new redesign. And now it's even more awkward. And I feel like that also happened with some other products that we'll talk about in a second. Yeah, I feel like they're gearing up for an iPad Pro update that's going to separate them more. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like a weird, awkward timing right now where it seems like for this short period of time these two products are very close to one another and not that far apart in terms of price so i have a feeling we're gonna have another leap for the pro so curious to see what that is i mean i'm still using my like you know the first time they did this redesign ipad pro time i forget it was 2018 2018 yeah yeah so a long time ago it still runs fine the one thing I would say that's been tempting me of like if there is a significant redesign for the iPad Pro is that when I bought it, I got the low storage option. Mm. Like I don't know why I cheaped out and I think it's like 32 gigs or something like that. Ooh. It's insanely low and the apps on it are constantly going like offloaded. And so I constantly have to be re-downloading app oh, and apps and like re-deleting others. And it's really annoying. Yeah. Do I use this iPad a lot? No, <laughs> but 
<laughs> I might let myself get tempted if there is some kind of redesign. Mostly so I can get a higher storage tier so I don't have to deal with constantly shuffling apps back and forth. I've been using my iPad more, especially since I had a kid, but not like to do more things, if that makes sense. Mm. Like I'm not pushing, you know, able to do with an iPad, mostly because of the software. And, you know, it's every year, it's the same story. Uh, but I've definitely been using it more. Effectively, my laptop stays at my desk. And so like the rest of the house, it's iPad only kind of. Mm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So can we talk about the displays in the Mac or no? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> okay. So they've effectively replaced the iMac, the 27-inch one. They replaced that with a new product that they call Mac Studio, which is a tall, chunky you know, Mac Mini. And they pair that with a display. They call it the Studio Display. What do, you, what do you think of the studio name? I love it. It's cool, huh? When I saw the rumor for it, I was like immediately excited about the name. I think that's a great name. It feels fresh in a way that a lot of the names have felt a little stale, I think, in the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. We're just hacking on Pro on top of things. So yeah, I think it's. I'm excited for this new brand and this new sort of very powerful, small-ish kind of Mac. So, yeah, that's very exciting. And I'm glad they didn't call it the Mac Mini Pro or something mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> or the Mac Pro Mini. So, uh, yeah, two thumbs up for me. What do you think about it? Yeah, I think it's cool. It's like, it's still professional use cases, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. But without being like serious called Pro. I think Pro has a very, I don't know, like not Bro connotation, but like a very serious business cool black you know stealthy and studio has a bit more fun and more lightness to it i feel like mm-hmm. feels more creative in a way yeah you work in a studio but you, you know the type of work you do in a studio like the type of work you do at a big office space it feels different right from all their marketing shots thing and you know they have the what they have the the apple home set you know they repurpose that for a new right like <laughs> studios i guess that was so odd by the way like when that presenter colleen novielli Mm -hmm. the background looked so fake in that one like i think they really went in the deep end with cgi with this one see i no, i don't think it was cgi so the whole event we watched it at work so brendan pat uh, and and myself we're watching it and pretty much the whole event we were like is this cgi is this cgi and like Pretty sure it's not. I feel like it has to be CGI. I don't think it is. Pretty sure it's not. Like the first set, of course, the, th- the whole thing with Team Cook is not. And then they had like top in the Steve Jobs Theater thing. Mm-hmm. And then they had at the top of the Steve Jobs Theater, but like with the blinds closed down. Is it dark, like cool? And when I saw that backdrop, I was like, oh, that's the place where they have the Apple Home. Yeah. And then they moved around and th- there it is. I-, I feel like it's a real set. They might have some touch ups of CG here and there, but I don't know. My feeling was that the presenter had a fake background and then it transitioned over when they zoomed in then that's real right like there's a real set for that what i say is like don't underestimate how much money apple has (laughs) and is willing to spend like (laughs) i couldn't detect any cg like in the floor in the presenter so if it was somehow i like had a green screen backdrop and then then you would have to track her and track the filming of the set and it's more work than just building the set, if you can afford it, you know? So that's why I'm leaning towards real set. I don't know. I mean, obviously, we'll never know the answer. I mean... (laughs) This question. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I kind of doubt it with that one. There was another one, too, that was like a gray box. I forget the name of the presenter, but it was too perfect. Mm -hmm. 
Like the walls were just like all like perfectly gray. I was like, I don't know about that. Yeah, the one when like they were inside the Mac or something. You wouldn't like go through the SD card slot <laughs> and inside it was a presenter. <laughs> a lot of the tiny people in this, also in that ad. Pretty sure that wasn't actually inside the SD card. <laughs> yeah, it's like, honey, I shrunk the designers and they were inside the computer. <laughs> Show title. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, let's... Do you want to start with the display of the Mac, the studio? Let's follow the event order. Even though when they were talking about that M1 Ultra, I was like, please, please, fast forward, fast forward. I have a meeting after this. <laughs> like, I hope we get to the display. So, yeah, I mean, the chip seems amazing so fast. I feel so glad that I don't have a Mac Pro right now. Like, I feel like Apple is just like, keeps like beating on the mac pro users where it's like mm-hmm. hey this is like how much faster literally all of these new computers are that we're releasing than your machine that you've spent how much money for like twenty thousand dollars <laughs> so it's just like pretty ridiculous but oh well that's just like progress of technology so setting that aside so they announced this mac studio it's this apple mini you know, looking thing, like two, two stacked on top of each other. Mac mini. Or sorry, Mac minis. I think this design is really interesting. Like the fact that there's a an SD card and two ports literally in front of the device. Yeah. And some kind of light too. Yeah. In front of it. So it's really interesting to me. I feel like they've definitely learned a lesson, I think, with the whole Pro line and especially that trash can Mac, Mac Pro. I think they've realized they crossed the line. They went too far into the simplicity and minimalism at the cost of utility and practicality. So they've been walking that back. And, you know, I think the, the MacBook Pros, the notch ones were a good example of that. They walked back a lot. Uh, and I feel like this is also in that same theme, uh, which makes me very excited to see the new Mac Pro because this last Mac Pro was already walking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, literally, they went back to the cheese grater style, even though slightly different, but, you know. So I'm surprised a little bit in the sense that, like, oh, it's nice that, you know, like, I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't have any ports, like, you know, or everything in the back or whatever. But at the same time, I'm not shocked that they did it because the MacBook Pro was a good precedent for this. But it's, yeah, it's nice. It's a cool machine. I feel like before I had laptops, when I was still using the iMac, this would be a perfect, like, follow-up for that i think this is a really good desktop computer mm-hmm. it's somewhere in between a mac pro and an imac uh, i still have the flexibility of like having the, the computer separate from the peripherals it's stupid fast i mean at this point i don't care anymore like you know <laughs> i don't understand anymore it's like okay way faster it's more affordable than i thought it would be so it starts at uh what is it like 199 yeah yeah so that's surprising but it can go up to 11 grand i think <laughs> Yeah, and the 199 model is with the M1 Mac. Right. Not with the Ultra. Right. Oh, actually, 11 grand is like if you include the display. Mm. Like just the most expensive setup you could get is like 11 grand. I think it goes up to 7,000 or something. So yeah, it can get expensive. It can get definitely in the Mac Pro territory. But to be fair, the iMac Pro a couple of years back was also around that ballpark. So yeah, it's cool. It's crazy fast at this point. Like, okay, you know, it's fast Mac is fast at this point. <laughs> Cool. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see when they release the iMac Pro where it falls mm-hmm. into this 
and they teased it, right? Yeah. They're teasing us. Wait, no, I said the iMac Pro. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Or maybe I didn't say that. Maybe I got it wrong. But it's so easy to misremember these things. You think they're still going to do an, an iMac Pro? Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. I don't think so. This is their answer to the iMac, the 27-inch. I think they're doing an iMac Pro. I don't think so. At this point, I don't think so anymore. Because hmm. they got rid of it. They got rid of the iMac 27-inch. They all the benchmarks was against the 27 inch iMac Intel one, and this is like 27 inch display. Just to put the computers outside, I guess. So you know, hmm. I mean that's interesting, but I feel like they're so close. Like there's something compelling about having a larger all-in-one computer than 24 inch. Agreed, but I I don't know. I don't know if they'll do it. My gut would say that they probably will still do it, but maybe the difference is that. It has the M1 Mac, but it doesn't get the Ultra. Because this uh, Mac Studio, have you seen like, you know, when the schematics you could see inside, a lot of fans in there. Like, you know, hmm. almost like the top half is just fans, which we haven't seen that a lot with the new M1, you know, Apple Silicon thing. But like, you know, the MacBook Airs don't even have a fan. Right. <laughs> so if, if they were to try to fit this inside like an iMac, you know, in the back, I don't think they could mm-hmm. i don't think it would fit there's no chin that would like fit this i think oh but you can make it as thick as you want and you can you can also make the entire back of the imac holes as as you can see in the xdr display right speaking of holes this like perforated aluminum thing you know what like resembles that a lot what this eyesight camera is exactly uh, the same <laughs> I see. it would be a great peripheral. all right all right yeah <laughs> Well, you know what? With my new display, I don't need this <laughs> at all. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, so I mean, my guess is that, so right now they have the entry-level iMac, mm-hmm. right? Which is just the M1. Mm-hmm. I think they can do an iMac Pro, which will have the M1 Max in it. Mm-hmm. And then this has both the Mac and the Ultra. And then the Mac Pro will have the Ultra and like the Ultra Plus. I don't know. <laughs> We're running out of words here. <laughs> Two Ultras glued together or something. And then that will be insanely powerful and fast. After this event, I would have agreed with you before. After seeing this event, like, well, actually, now I think there's so many models, like just for desktop computers, which is the least popular <laughs> type of Macs they sell. You know, they have a Mac Mini, they have an iMac. They have a Mac Studio. They'll have a Mac Pro. And you still want an iMac Pro or whatever. Five different desktop computers. There's too much overlap. Like, it doesn't feel clean. So that's why I'm thinking, maybe no. Maybe this is it. Right? Mm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Like, do you have any interest in something like this? No. The answer is no. Right now, no. I'm not even considering getting one. How about if you glued it under your desk? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, now we're talking. (laughs) But I'm extremely interested in, it's very appealing, the concept, the type of computer. Mm-hmm. If like my company wouldn't, you know, if I work for myself or something, I think I would probably consider this one, actually, instead of a laptop. But, like, you know, it's, it's hard because the laptop is also so good now. There's like so little yeah. trade-offs at this point. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly compelling, for example, 3D workflows. Um, yeah. Or, you know, if you're doing a lot of video editing and stuff like that. I think it could be interesting, but I agree. I'm not getting this. Yeah. Uh, I'm sort of perfectly fine with uh, my two MacBook Pros, the the work one and then the personal one. Like one option that I could have gone with, like assuming I didn't buy myself a personal 
MacBook Pro is to buy this as my personal machine. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, having lived with the, the dual MacBook Pro setup, I like having a laptop even for personal use cases. Interesting. Like that I can take around, you know, I want to just go for a weekend, like work in a coffee shop or like we're traveling somewhere and I'm not planning on doing any work, but maybe, you know, maybe I have to record a podcast or maybe I have to do whatever. It's just useful to have a laptop. Like that's the challenge is, you know, it's hard to not have a laptop these days. Uh, So I kind of feel like this is probably for people who have a desktop setup and also some kind of laptop. I mean, maybe you could go go MacBook Air. Like whenever they rev that, have this as your desktop setup. Yeah, with the M1 redesigned Air. And then, yeah, have a redesigned Air. Although I would say, honestly, the new MacBook Pros are just so good <laughs> that it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's really cool to see Apple have such an amazing lineup of computers, right? Mm-hmm. All of these computers are just so good. They're all amazing in their own way. So, yeah, it's a good time to be a Mac user. <laughs> Agreed. All right, let's talk about the exciting stuff. Okay. The display. Right. What are? <laughs> how how do you feel? Uh, how how do you take this? Yeah. So I mean, the initial rumors of this event were going to be iPhone SE update and like iPad update. So boring. Was not interested at all. And then last minute, these rumors came up. And then it was like all of a sudden, everyone was talking about this. Like, oh yeah, I'm hearing like they're totally done and they're ready to go. Like what? So I was really excited to hear, and even in the event, right? They kind of, I forget, I only watched it once, but I was like, hey, we're releasing this new Studio Mac and a new display. And then I was like, let's talk about the Mac for 10 minutes. <laughs> right. And then I was like, well, we're, how about the display? I want to know about the display. <laughs> so I was really teased until the very end. I think what we've ended up with is was very predictable in a sense yeah like i don't think there's anything here that's shocking to me (laughs) it's like if you ask me to sort of draw on a napkin what i think a new apple display would be i kind of draw this so it it is a 27 inch it's 5k retina display so it is definitely not the same size as the xdr right so I think Rafa is someone who owns the XDR. You can feel safe and secure in your investment. (laughs) That in that one aspect, this new display is actually not better than the XDR. I would have liked to have the bigger size. I would have appreciated that. Like I think I would have really welcomed the bigger real estate. But I haven't used one of these XDR displays in, you know, normal use. Mm -hmm. So I'm not spoiled yet i'm not ruined for any other (laughs) size display Um, so for me it's like great this continues to be the same size it takes a lot of cues from the xdr i think one of the things that feels a bit sad is how the bezels are bigger than the xdr display are they really or they just look bigger because proportionally because it's smaller screen they look bigger i actually haven't checked well hmm they look slightly bigger to me. If you go on the displays page, there's a picture with the two of them side by side and the bezels look bigger to me on the studio display. Oh yeah, you're right. And I have a feeling that is probably because of the camera. Mm-hmm. Cause they actually, I mean, even looking at the MacBook Pro, right? Like it seems like they need a lot of space. 
<laughs> to put in these cameras mm-hmm. and the bezels. So it's sort of an, an iPad Pro versus iPad Air type situation where the bezels are slightly bigger. Not that bad, but still, still very present. They seem still to be smaller than the display that I'm using right now. So again, compares well <laughs> to the ultra fine, uh, <laughs> display. So one of the things that's interesting about this one is it uses the more sort of iMac style stand by default. Uh, and then you can pay an extra $500 for... I think it's 400 Oh, okay. Well, Canadian, I think it's, it's around 500 Oh, right, right. 400 US. Yeah. To get the XDR style height adjustable stand. And this was one of the things where I was like, uh, what do I do? We had talked about prior to this event that height adjustability was a thing that I was personally very interested in. Yeah. Because I've had lots of like neck issues and just general lots of posture problems um so be able to set up my computer to be at the right height is like a very compelling thing to me and i've generally found for example the imac to be generally too low for me Mm -hmm. they are famously like i think (laughs) they're too low by default yeah that being said so i was trying to get measurements which is like they have a, a details page right uh, with the overall height, but they don't show you the height from the bottom of the display because mm. <laughs> that's what I want to compare to the actual display that I'm currently using to see where that default is. So I had to basically like put the screenshot in Figma and basically <laughs> like try to figure out the proportions, see roughly what is the height. So it seems to me like the height is higher than these old cool iMacs. I haven't actually have no idea how tall the display is on the new iMacs Apple has. So it seems like the default height is roughly in line with the height that I'm using my current display, which made things more difficult for me to choose. No, man, just get the stand. Are you kidding? Come on. Well, because I do think it also looks a little bit better that the non-height adjustable stand, it's like more minimal, it's more compact, I like the the sharp angle. Yeah. The 90 degree, personally. So ultimately, I decided to get the height adjustable one. <laughs> because... Good choice. Why not? Uh, this is something that I generally care about. Maybe doesn't look as good, but I think the functionality is important enough to do that. I'm willing to do that. Good choice. Yeah, I'm excited. And for having played with the XDR display, like the height adjustment on it is very cool. Like it's very smooth, the way you can mm-hmm. move it up and down. So yeah, I'm excited to to try that. Uh, so I ordered one. The funny thing too, you know how I mean this has been well documented on this podcast how my current LG like ultra fine display has had like, ghosting problems and stuff like that. In the last few months, nothing. <laughs> it knows. It just went away. Like the display now is in a much better state than I feel it was before. But still, I'm like I've waited long enough for this. This is time. This is just going to be so much nicer. I spend all day long staring at this display. So it's a nice little treat that I'm getting for myself for general happiness uh, while while working. So very excited for it. Uh, yeah. Oh, and also we didn't talk about how it, it has a camera in it and speakers, the best speakers in a Mac. <laughs> so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Look at that. Luxury. I am in equal parts uh, happy, uh, but also equal parts 
not disappointed, but just, I guess, underwhelmed by it. Like, this is the display we've been screaming at Apple to make. Just take the iMac and ship it without the computer part, right? Especially after they came out with a 24-inch, these new iMacs. Like, even better. Take that design and ship a display like that. Mm-hmm. And it is effectively what they did. It's that. It's the, you know, that screenshot, you, the tweet you did one day, just remove the, the chin, put it black bezels. Yeah. That. Ship that. Yep. This is that. But it also has been so long <laughs> since the last chip of display that I was secretly hoping for like a little bit more, like something mm-hmm. like like promotion or like you know mini LED or something that some of these new technologies that we've been seeing on iPad and stuff, and we didn't get any of that. Effectively, this display is the LG. It's the same panel, I think, as like these iMacs and stuff, but in a better case. Uh, better speakers, better camera. The camera is nice. I think having the center stage feature, that sounds really nice. So I think it's also a good deal, kind of, in a way. It's only 100 bucks more than the LG, and again, way better in a lot of ways. So it's a good deal. It's affordable, finally. I think you should definitely do the height-adjustable thing, uh, the stand. But, you know, but I'm also, like, 100% not interested in getting one of these, for myself, at least. (laughs) (laughs) I suspect that... When they announce the new Mac Pro, they'll also announce an update to the XDR display. Mm. And that one probably will have mini LED, probably will have ProMotion, and, you know, and probably keep the price tag. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm expecting to see. But this is nice. This is the display we've been asking Apple to make. Uh, if I didn't have this one, I would immediately, you know, insta buy. <laughs> I think it looks nice. The stand, the height adjustable stand. I thought it was the exact same as the this Pro stand, whatever they call it. Yeah, no, it's not. The $1,000 stand. It's not, but I think the only difference is that it's like not, you can't detach the computer from the stand, so it's like fixed. You can't rotate it in like portrait or landscape. Right. But I think that's it. I've been trying to see, like, is it thinner? Yeah, it seems a little smaller. But anyway, that's definitely the display I would get if I didn't have this one already. And I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think any users of the Pro Display XDR should run out and buy this one unless you really, really care about having the built-in webcam and speakers. Right. Which is, like, I think still an open question for a revised Pro Display XDR is hmm. would it include speakers and a camera? Yeah. Because, I mean, I think that would make it really nice and that would make me want to upgrade <laughs> from the <laughs> studio display to the other one, I feel like. If they don't have that, I would not be interested in, in upgrading. Uh, but if they do, maybe. <laughs> so yeah. their display, I mean, I'm extremely happy that they've released some kind of more consumer-friendly display. Their strategy still seems weird <laughs> to me <laughs> with this, like where the Pro Display XDR is nicer in some ways, but also significantly worse than others just like it always been this display has always been a weird product yeah like it's a very strange it's hard to look at hey okay this one is gonna be what more than double the price Mm -hmm. but it's not gonna have this feature and that feature and that feature uh (laughs) than the cheaper one has so yeah it's kind of a weird trade-off that you have to make it's a very specific like you know venn diagram where the someone would buy the pro display yeah (laughs) yeah i think so Actually, one thing that this new studio display might have better over the XDR is that 
even though the XDR has the crazy 1600 nits peak brightness and it has a sustained 1000 nits uh, brightness, the actual like everyday use, you know, you put the brightness to the max, but in your, you know, using Figma or here now in this call, that's actually capped at 500 nits. And the studio display goes up to 600. Hmm, interesting. So on regular use, the studio display is actually 100 nits brighter than the XDR. Of course, if we play any kind of like HDR content or whatever, then the XDR blows the studio out of the water. Right. But, you know, in everyday use, there is that going for it. So <laughs> that being said, I never run my Mac at max brightness. What I always do. Really? Yeah. I mean, not always, but most of the time. Mine is one notch lower than 50% brightness right now. Than 50%? Yeah, on this display. I mean, maybe the LG is calibrated differently, but it would be so bright if I ran it the full brightness. Oh, wow, this is so dark. I mean, now it's because I also have a light shining on me. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just used to cranking it all the way to the max, like most of the time. Hmm. Interesting. (laughs) (laughs) That can't be good for your eyes. Yeah, whatever. So anyway, I'd be curious to try it. And I already told Debs, like, hey, by the way, if you want a monitor, there's one that now you can buy. (laughs) You know, like, Uh, now there's a go-to. It's not going to be like a drama when you, if you want one. Right now, we're sharing our our desk, which is actually not that hard because she likes to use her laptop. Like, she uses the laptop, you know, the keyboard and the trackpad on the laptop and then just connects an external display. Mm. So she's like dual monitor type thing right so it's super easy she just like puts the computer here plugs the one cable done you know she doesn't even have to like pair my keyboard and mouse and all that so anyway we've been sharing our desks but at some point you know we're gonna something just for her so maybe a studio display will be the answer for that yeah. new space one day nice um speaking of keyboard and mouse so they've announced updated peripherals for yes. this which i was excited about and i was waiting for but unfortunately mm-hmm. the, the fancy like silver and black keyboard is only the extended model i know uh, with touch id to be fair yeah it's so disappointing. I was ready. I was like, well, at least I'll buy me some new keyboards and stuff. Yeah, exactly. The one I've been waiting for so long. And it was so close with the new 24-inch iMacs. Like, <gasps> new peripherals. But then, no, it's probably not. It has the white keycaps. You know, probably doesn't fit your aesthetic. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this was so close. I still don't know if I'll place an order on that one or not. Like, ideally, I would like the regular size, you know, with not the full width, what the half width keyboard <laughs> uh partial with keyboard uh with touch id and the trackpad and mouse but to be fair like if i were to get one the only thing i'm it's different would be border radius <laughs> the corner radius of this the set of space gray i would have aluminum the white which is nice and the touch id but is it worth it no so i don't think i'll get one i don't know I haven't decided yet. I mean, I would like to upgrade to this. I know that I don't want to have the full-size keyboard because it pushes your mouse so far away from the keyboard. Mm -hmm. So I don't want that, but I'm excited about the new corner radius. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And Touch ID, I mean, don't particularly need it with a watch unlock, but it'd be nice to have. So Yeah, it's not so much for the watch unlock. It's like for all the password thing you have to do throughout yeah exactly so please apple <laughs> so but i don't think they'll do it i mean i thought i think this this was it this is our chance that's so annoying because they also never sold 
the Space Gray, which initially was just for the iMac Pro, and later with the, now the Mac Pro, the silver-black combo, they never sold that in the regular, not full with, <laughs> you know, the regular size. Oh, interesting. Right? Am I wrong on this one? Hmm. I think that's right. I have no idea. You definitely know more about this than I do. See, because I got this keyboard because it was space gray, mm-hmm. you know, not because it was full width. I never liked that. Right. But that was a compromise for me. So mm-hmm. right now, do you have the full width keyboard? I do. In space gray. Mm. Yeah, I also don't. I would prefer the regular one. I have a regular one, but in white. And I'm like, do I want full width in black or <laughs> the right width, but white? And, you know. Okay, I have an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you buy two keyboards and swap the keys? Oh my god, actually, can I do that? I think so. <gasps> I mean, I'm not an expert on swapping keys, but I've seen people do this. <laughs> I think you can probably swap out the keys. I wonder if they're exactly the same. Oh, you know what? At least the corner keys won't be able to do that because they match the corner radius. Right, but you have to buy two new ones. It's the same thing as your headphones. (laughs) You need to convince someone to get the lesser option. No, because there's no black keycaps in the regular size, you know? What do you mean? You're like, buy the regular size white one, right? Yes. And then take the black keycaps from a extended. Yes, exactly. And put it on the other one. But it doesn't work because the layout doesn't match. For example, arrow keys. Oh, I see. Yeah, the arrow keys would be a problem. <laughs> In the corner both. of keys, they would they will match the corner radius. But they both have the same corner radius. Although I'm looking at it now and the, the size of the keys are not the same. So they wouldn't. Yeah, anyway. But uh, I like the way you think, boy. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Now we're thinking with portals. Yeah. We can do this ourselves. I mean, I can also just spray paint it, I guess. I know. And then, like, stencil out the the letters. Yeah, I mean, I'm replacing the guts of a 20-year-old webcam. So, you know, what's painting some some keycaps? (laughs) That's nothing. Sky's the limit. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe what's the company, like, D-Brand? (laughs) D-Brand. Get some stickers on your keys. Yeah. And I, I love the idea that, you know, they would put stickers on the keys themselves, but also all around the sides. <laughs> you know, right. The, the white outline. Can you imagine having to precisely, like, fold the sticker in the right yeah. place? <laughs> oh my God. God. Anyway. Cool. So are we happy? We happy? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm happy. I was expecting this event to be incredibly boring and... It was incredibly boring for the most part, except for the last piece, which mm-hmm. where they announced the incredibly boring thing yeah. that I wanted them to announce for so long. <laughs> oh man! So I am that happy. I guess for anyone who hasn't been like starving for an Apple display for years, yeah. For anyone else, this was yeah a pretty boring event. I guess. Yeah, it's like the bar was so low. Yeah, right for this, and we're like, that's fine. For all these years, we were like, Apple, don't do anything fancy. Just literally put the screen of your iMac in an external display. It took them many, many years, but they listened. <laughs> they made that happen. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very grateful for that. Next year, we can talk about some upgrades and some more fancy stuff. But this year, I'm happy with it. I would also like, before we go and move on, I would also like to give a shout out for the set design of that. So cool. So many of them. And, like, so cool, like, you know, studio mood board inspiration mm-hmm. type of thing. I've been thinking about that. At some point, you know, I have a whole house to furnish and uh, office space, <laughs> uh, for better or for worse, it's 
low in the priorities, you know, because I have a desk. So, you know, shut up. <laughs> You're fine. Uh, but like, I've been thinking like, do I want a bigger desk? Do I want like, like a side little workbench station to do shit? Mm. Do I want a white desk, Kevin? <laughs> do I? No. I don't know. Why? Why would you want a white desk? <laughs> Sometimes, like, you know, there's more clinical like workstations like more office type thing i don't know anyway i'm mm. just thinking like the world is, is my oyster is that how it goes the expression <laughs> yeah everything's possible so i'm like yeah white desk figure out what you want to do with your studio yeah oh definitely i'm going to rename my office to studio now 100 <laughs> at least in home kit okay let's you know let's keep it short let's before we go to recommendations kevin i have like a new spin-off segment Ooh, kind of we have a song i see a guitar in your background yeah but i also see oh look that's a cat <laughs> but i also see a baby sleeping right below me <laughs> fair uh, maybe i'll record a little something uh, rafa has a new segment <laughs> love it <laughs> god that was awful love it save it it's it comes right before recommendations because it's like the inverse recommendation. Ah. I'm looking for recommendations. Oh, okay. I thought you wanted us to talk about stuff we hate. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I think I like that segment. It's like the one star segment. <laughs> I think I like that too. Okay, let's put that in the... No, I don't know. I don't think that's the kind of energy we want to put into the world. Actually, you know what? Fair. The whole show is about us complaining about things. Pretty much. I don't know what you're talking about. But no, so this is like, it's a cry for help. This is me in, in the public square, like asking for recommendations for all listeners. Uh, maybe someone can help. And it's not going to be like a recurring segment. I don't have to come up with something every week. So when I do, it's, you know, it's serious. So please help. I've been looking today. I spent like a full nap my son's nap, researching this, trying to come up with the answers. And a nap is like precious time. You have no idea. It's like, oh my God, he's, you've been taking care of this kid for like three hours. He's going to sleep for like one hour. And right after that, another three hours. So, you know, this one hour is precious. I just want you to understand like th this time, how important it is and how much, and you know, why I'm pissed. Um, I looked into smart switches, right? And... I want to find some kind of like smart curtain motor thing, right? So I can close my curtains, mm. open and close them via HomeKit. Mm -hmm. So let's start with the switches. Like ideally, I have like existing dim switches, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the ones you can like press and it'll turn on and off, but you can also rotate the little dial and, you know, they're dimming switches, mm -hmm. uh, which is nice. Ideally, I would be able to keep the switches, just do something smart in the in the back because I know there's like products like this, so I can just control the switches from the internet, right? That's nice. But I could also still use the existing dumb switches on the wall. Yeah, that's ideal, but not a blocker. I could replace my switches. That's okay. I'm open to that. Right. But my three requirements are one: they need to work offline. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, oh, the internet is gone, and like, no, I can't <laughs> see anything. That's no bueno. Uh, it needs a uh, HomeKit integration. Mm -hmm. So please don't give me like, oh, this works with HomeBridge if you set up a thing. Like, no. <laughs> and what's the third? I don't remember the third. I guess that's just it. Of course. And that's just for lights, right? This is just for lights. Yeah. I know you're going to jump in and say, I have a great one. This is what I use. Lutron Caseta. Yeah, of course. Uh, Caseta. Yeah. Here's the thing. Lutron doesn't sell in Europe. <laughs> what? Okay, so I guess that's my third requirement. It needs to be okay. to, to work and be accessible in Europe, mm. which is a whole thing, apparently. Like, there's a lot of like smart home things that just like 
they're so regional. Like, oh, this only works in China and Europe, and the U.S. is a completely different market. Right. So I'm kind of stumped, and I've been looking. I look at Akara, which is like I think a, like a sub company from Xiaomi or something. It's like a Chinese uh, thing. But it's not obvious that those are that will do. I, I'm very confused. I can't find like good stuff. I remember that I found at some point. Keep your existing switches, uh, like wall switches, and it goes between like the wiring and the switch. So it's just like something in between that can turn it on and off mm. via the internet. I can't find that anymore. I know I've had that tab open at some point, like months ago. I don't know what, what that is. So if anyone has a good recommendation, please, I'm desperate. And the second one, the curtains. Also, why is it so hard? Well, on the Switch note, okay. I would say if you need, I can order like a bunch and then put them in a box and mail them to you. <laughs> but one thing to check is uh, make sure that the wiring, yeah. whatever kind of wiring you have over there in Europe. I don't know how things work. but I doubt it will work, but that is awesome. And if it does... But if you need me to, we can do that. I'll take you up on that. But yeah, I'll look into this. Yeah, curtains. Curtains are much more complicated, I think. Hmm. It sounds like such a simple thing. Like, I am so frustrated at just, like, the landscape of smart home appliances. It's a mess. Like, how come there's no, like, nice companies, like, just trustworthy, have good quality products that are reliable, you can just, like, trust... It's all so hacky and weird. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I've seen a couple, but like none inspire a lot of confidence, really. Or like, <laughs> you know, they just feel like, is this going to break a month in? Yeah. So yeah, I see a lot of like blinds, right? Like Ikea has some. Yep. But that's not what I want. I don't want to install blinds. Lutron also has some. Right. Honestly, I want to pick my own curtains and I'm sure I'm going to swap them out. I don't want the curtain to be dependent on the smart thing. Right. Because I don't want, like, curtains from Xiaomi, you know. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Xiaomi, nothing against you, but, like, that's not your expertise. <laughs> There's, I've seen some Kickstarters. I don't know if they're any good, but that essentially do that functionality. Take existing curtains and then make them smart. It's like some kind of device that, like, moves around and opens and closes them. Yeah, it's like a little motor thing. It's like yeah. a vertical cylinder you put, like, in a corner. I've also seen some of those, but... My existing curtains, they don't have any kind of like, even if I insert a smart motor that just like t turns them open or closes, I don't have that mechanism. I have to pull my curtains, like, you know, manually. No, no, no. But some of them, I think that's what they do is they really just like push the curtain around. So I've seen some also. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just saying that that's a requirement I also need. If it's going to be just the motor thing and it already requires a little mechanism to pull them open like a little string or something so you send me a link for switchbot i've heard a lot about these yeah they do not work with homekit apparently i think oh interesting but there's a lot of like oh homebridge integration for that so maybe that's the answer right i was trying to avoid homebridge but maybe anyway damn yeah i also i mean i still haven't done anything with curtains i will probably go the blind route for not every single one in the house because that's mm -hmm. It gets so expensive so fast, mm -hmm. but I will probably optimize for a handful that I have to like open and close very frequently. Seriously, there's so many lights. I even consider like, well, what if I wanted to go, instead of getting the switches, what if I just go with smart bulbs, right? I already have a bunch from Hue, but like if you have more than, let's say, five lights, like, I think smart lights are good for accent lights, not the main 
you know, central illumination <laughs> system because it would be first so expensive to buy like 40 bulbs or whatever. And then every single bulb is like polluting Wi-Fi, you know, it just get bad. <laughs> so also not interested in that. And I can't recommend enough having access to the actual switch yeah. to turn on and off the light is yeah. essential to me. Like it's really, really essential. Agreed. As someone who would tape their switches and like <laughs> put the Philips Hue switch on top and then try explaining that to guests, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my no, no, God. no. Don't use that one. That looks perfectly <laughs> fine. Um, use the other weird one that doesn't even look like a switch. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> okay. Uh, Kevin, should we do recommendations and go back to work? Yeah, let's do it. Cool. I can go first. I see that you also added yours. Okay. Yeah. Keeping in the same theme. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I can see that. So I am recommending a TV show. It's called Severance, and it's on Apple TV Plus, and it stars Adam Scott and uh, Patricia Arquette and Christopher Walken and a bunch of others. It's directed and created by Ben Stiller. I don't know if this is the, like their directorial debut, but that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, and kind of unexpected, I think. Yeah, no, for sure. And also the show has... Like, there's no Ben Stillerness in it, <laughs> as far as I can tell. Right. It's not a comedy show. It's actually like a, it's like a sci-fi. I don't know if it's dark yet, but there's a lot of potential to go dark. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but the premise is uh, these people work at a place and they've opted in f- to go through this procedure they call the severance, in where they go through like a you know surgery. And what happens is. Their memories, when they're at work, like they don't remember anything from outside of work. And then when they leave work and they go home, they have no access to any memories or anything from work. So it's like work-life balance is 100%, like, you know, completely separate. This is like Apple's ideal world. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. But then this is like, okay, cool, interesting. Um, But then even on the first episode, it's very like exposition, just really setting up the rules and the world and all that. And it's very interesting because like for you at work, when you like go through the door to leave, like it flashes and then you're back in, right? Mm -hmm. Like because for you, that conscious, like it never left. So you don't know what happened. It's like you have different lives because one is not aware of the other. Mm -hmm. So your work persona is trapped at work. Right. Right? <laughs> if you think about it. Anyway, very, very interesting. It's a cool sci fi premise. I love the like prop and set design of this because this is like, uh, you can just like watch the trailer and to see what I'm saying. But like, it has this very retro style, like all of the computers and stuff and like office supplies and all that. It's like design looks like a very retro, like from the 60s, but still with a modern spin. It's a very interesting like world that's been designed. Mm. So anyway, it's a cool show. It's a, we're on episode three. It's still going. And uh, it's one of our like top five shows now that we like, get excited for oh, nice. when it comes out. It's really nice. It's, we're enjoying it. So I have a question for you because one of the things that I've often felt about Apple TV shows is they always have some kind of strong premise. Mm. So I always feel like the sort of elevator pitch of them is always like, huh, like that's an interesting premise. But I often find that they struggle with sort of progression or payoff mm-hmm. from there, where it's like it remains of like, huh, yeah, like the premise is interesting. But I find that once you know the premise, like that almost like most of the value is in the premise, like that there's not a big 
payoff Mm -hmm. to that stuff. I'm curious to hear, I don't know if you've finished the show or not. I guess they're still releasing weekly episodes, right? Yeah, Yeah, it's not done yet. I'm curious to hear how you feel about that. Do you feel like that's also true of this show or that one is different? So I don't know yet. Of course, it's not done yet. Episode two and three were like, oh, like it was still adding to the surprise element thing. Like there was a lot of twists that I did not see coming or, you know, not really like plot twists, but like, oh, I wasn't expecting them to go this direction with the show. And it did. So I don't know. I'm, I'm excited, but I can see that. Like, uh, you know, shows like C, right? Also strong premise. Servant also <laughs> strong premise. I started watching The After Party. Yeah, we finished that. We watched that. Uh, I still have two episodes left. Also a strong premise, like the idea of this like murder thing where each episode is someone tells their version of the story and it's a different style. It's like, ah, like that seems really interesting. When you actually watch it, I found that this sort of bit like just gets tired over time like there mm-hmm. there's not that much new information that you're getting from episode to episode and so you you kind of get tired of that little like kind of premise setup for the show uh maybe it pays it off at the end i don't know i haven't seen the end but not really <laughs> it's just something that, okay it's just something that i've noticed Sorry. with all apple tv shows where it's like they have a good start and they all struggle from there like they lose gas or energy <laughs> <laughs> to to keep them going that's a good observation yeah i can see that i'll let you know if you want to hold off you know on the show until it's done and i can tell you like yep worth the investment i'll do a double recommendation yeah maybe do a follow-up <laughs> yeah okay deal be interesting to know so my recommendation is also a tv show i've just started watching it on netflix and I've sort of been in a weird sort of dead zone with tv shows where i feel like there hasn't been much that's caught my attention in the last little while it's not like there's been no tv shows like there's been lots of plenty of tv released at all times but just like nothing really grabbed my attention so this new show that i started watching is inventing anna it's from shonda rhimes boy does this woman know how to write good tv (laughs) just like is it groundbreaking is it completely revolutionary as a show no absolutely not but it's just it's an easy watch you start it It's interesting from the second that it starts, and it follows the story of uh, Anna Delvey, uh, which is like a real story, And but it's it's inspired, but some details are made up. I haven't watched all of it yet. I've watched a couple episodes so far, and yeah, it's just been a lot of fun, so I've been enjoying it. Cool. Yeah, I've heard, you know, things have been featured on Netflix. I love uh, Julia Gardner from Ozark. Mm, Yeah. So, cool. All right. Well, let me know how it goes. Sweet. Also, what is her accent? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's some kind of like fake right? Really? Okay. So it's such a weird accent. Cool. Well, I guess that's it. We did it. Look at this. Uh, Apple events and just missed those. Good distraction from the messed up world we live in. Yeah. Uh, and I hope this was too for everyone listening. So thanks so much for listening all the way to the end. And now you get the reward of an incredibly executed outro. Uh, here it goes. You can follow us on Twitter at layoutfm. I am at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick. You can find all the show notes and stuff, you know, everything about Layout on our website. That's layout.fm. If you are a super friend of the show, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or like Spotify. Does Spotify do reviews? I don't know. Anywhere. If you can find a place to leave a review, that would help us a lot. And you'll be a official friend of the show. 
So thank you for that if you do that. And uh, this show was uh, edited by Laura. Thank you, Laura. And um, that's it. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. All right. Bye. Bye.